The title of today's message is The Church in Power. And we turn to the book of Acts 1, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. And let me read this section for all of us. The first account, I, that is Luke, I composed, and he's writing this to Theophilus. It is a pseudonym. We don't know who that person is. But in the Gospel of Luke, he also addresses the Gospel to that person, some high-ranking official, about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these, he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait. For what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me, up from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up, while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They said, or they also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem about a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, that is Peter and John, and James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. These, all with one mind, were continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with other women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his, that is Jesus's, Brothers, amen. In book of Acts chapter 1, the disciples or the apostles, they are facing a new reality. 
We heard many times in this section that he was taken up into heaven. So, past three years or so, these disciples, all apostles here, they were together with Jesus, but now he is not with them physically. And we have seen some of the scenes from last week in the Gospel of John, chapters 13 through 17, but we only looked at a couple of chapters there. They were confused. They were scared. Jesus was going to be no more, not not, not right next to them. And listen to a couple of uh, verses from John and Peter. John, in 1 John, This is what he says. Apostle John says, What we are preaching to you is this. What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This is what we preach to you, Apostle John says. There is that intimacy that Christ, we were together, we have seen, looked at, and touched. Peter, what about Peter? If you go to 2 Peter, he talks about his own experience with Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration. In 2 Peter chapter 1, he talks once again to the church. For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he says what? But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received, that Christ received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory that is on top of the mountain, Mount of Transfiguration, they heard the voice. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on that holy mountain. So, Acts chapter 1, Jesus was taken up into heaven. Now the disciples and the apostles, they do not have Jesus with them. You know, since this is a terrifying new reality, and this is a time that they now have to walk by faith, no longer by sight, Christ is not with them. But we also hear in verse 2, before he was taken up to glory into heaven, Jesus, he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles. Verse 4, gathering them together, he commanded them. What was the commandment from Jesus before the ascension? That do not, not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait. Two promises, two commandments. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for what? For what the Father had promised. What is that? What did Father promise? We have seen last week. In the upper room, Jesus promised coming Holy Spirit, the Advocate or the Helper. But verse 5, today's text makes it very clear. Do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the promise, Father's promise. And verse 5 says this, 
For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Once again, what are they supposed to do? Do not leave Jerusalem. But wait. How long? It doesn't say. Just wait. Not many days from now. And we know from the Bible that's how usually God operates. God gives us promises, but not enough details sometimes. Big promises that He will keep, but we are supposed to wait in faith, by faith, during that time. But here, do not leave, wait for the Holy Spirit. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now we have this hymn, Trust and Obey, Trust and Obey. And I was thinking about that song this week. But during this time, what the disciples and the apostles, they had to do was to obey and trust. It's not trust and obey. Yes, that we understand. But sometimes we do not fully understand what God is up to. So as you obey, you will trust. You don't have to wait until I fully trust, then I will obey. No, they are supposed to obey the commandment of Jesus Christ. Jesus commanded them, not suggested, not a piece of advice, but don't leave, but wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, this is what we see over and over again. In your own life and in our own lives as a church, there's a point A and there's a point B. Point A in this case is that they don't have Jesus with them. They have promise of God, but not with 10-point detailed plan. Just not many days from now. Not too long, but you have to wait. So A, point A is that point B is when the Holy Spirit will come and you will receive power and you shall be my witnesses. That's point B, fulfillment. Right? Promise and fulfillment, promise and fulfillment. And oftentimes our lives are like that. From A to B, A to B, A to B. We do not see all the things that we want to see between point A to point B. So what are we supposed to do between point A and point B? This is what the apostles did. And whatever's written for us in the Bible is for our instruction and for our comfort. So what did they do, the apostles? To wait from point A to point B. Promise of God and the fulfillment in the future. They don't simply wait. They don't just hang out. They don't say, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. Let me just live my life. But what do they do is the question. And that's something that we should be doing too. Look at verse 13. They come back to the city. Outside of the gate, their master was just executed. But they come back. They don't run away. They don't go back to their own hometowns, but they come back. So verse 13, in obedience to Christ's commandment, do not leave Jerusalem. But wait. So they come back to Jerusalem. Look at verse 13. When they had entered a city, 
they went up to the upper room where they were staying. In the names, look at verse 14. And they go up to that upper room, and what do they do? These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So here we see the pattern for the church of Jesus Christ. How are we supposed to go from point A to point B? How did they prepare for point B, the disciples, the apostles? They wait with much concentrated prayer. That's the pattern that is set in the Bible for us. At least we don't see it in Acts chapter 1. People electing president, strategizing, planning, budgeting, all of those, all of them are essential and they are important. But the reason why the primary thing is recorded for us is so that the next generation Christians can learn. How are we go from are we to go from point A to point B? By praying is the answer. The church on her knees is the church Jesus intended. And the church the apostles built. Therefore the church in power and victory. Now, as I was reading this, I asked questions. When I read the Bible. My question at this point was this. Why is that so? Why are they. As you have seen. From verses 13 and 14. Why are they praying? They come back to the city. They go to the same upper room. That they were staying. And we don't hear about anything else. But with one mind. They were continually devoting themselves to prayer. And because we are Christians, we have read this many times, we just go on and thinking that that is an obvious thing for them to do. But my question was, is this a natural thing? Are we supposed to expect this from group of men? Because in Gethsemane, the disciples, they had failed to stay awake together with Christ. They couldn't pray. They were too tired. Physically, spiritually, they didn't know what was going on. What about John 21? You hear about disciples going back to their hometown. Sea of Tiberias. And Holy Spirit didn't fully come until Acts chapter 2. So what are the chances for them to come together without dissension, just coming together with one mind and praying together? Think about also the situation. There's an angry mob outside. When your life is threatened, you could say when all things are well, you could say let's have a prayer meeting. But you could step outside and if somebody recognizes you as you were with that Jesus from Galilee, then you will also die. So when, we, when people are scared, you know people make irrational decisions. 
They are nervous. But you're telling me, 120 people, during this time, coming up to the upper room and praying with one accord, with one mind, no dissension, just praying. For how long? There's, there's no answer to that. Jesus simply said, just wait. What are the chances? J.C. Ryle, in his book, Practical Religion, there's a prayer section. This is what he says. Have you forgotten that it is not natural to anyone to pray? The carnal mind is enmity against God. The desire of man's heart is to get far away from God and to have nothing to do with Him. That's right. So my question was, is it natural? I mean, obviously we expect the, the, the apostles to pray, but during this time, before Acts 2? So I was just thinking about that. And as often is the case, sometimes the Holy Spirit illuminates certain things for us. And one phrase came to my attention during this meditation. It's verse 5. This is Jesus' command. He said in verse 4, Don't leave, but wait. But in verse 5, you know, this makes sense. Verse 4 to 5, Wait for what the Father had promised you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now will make perfect sense. But there's a fourth section. For John baptized with water. If that phrase is to somehow to illuminate what they are supposed to do, because they will be baptized in passive sense. John baptizing doesn't make sense. John actively, he's the subject. John baptized with water. We know John the Baptist. For them, they are supposed to wait. They don't know when, but Holy Spirit will come. They will be baptized. It does not depend on them. It depends on the Holy Spirit. But here he said, Jesus said, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That, there's no parity here. So that got me thinking. John baptized with water. So what are they supposed to do? The reasoning is supposed to, then you go out and baptize other people will make sense. But John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with water. So what is that? I was thinking, don't you know? John the Baptist baptized with water. John the Baptist baptized Jesus, as you know. But you would also know, during that time of baptism, Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit as well. Also, John the Baptist said, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So, maybe I was thinking, what are they supposed to do, the disciples? Maybe Jesus is giving them a clue. John baptized with water. And if you will look at Luke chapter 3, there's Matthew's account and there's Luke's account. And look at Luke's account in Luke chapter 3. This is how it happened. Let me read a couple of verses for you. Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. By whom? By John the Baptist with water. And while he was doing what? Do you remember that phrase? 
while he was praying. He was being baptized with water, but the posture of Jesus was that he was not jumping up and down and singing songs. He could have done all of that, but he was praying. Heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came out of heaven, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Maybe Jesus is saying here then, John baptized with water, and some of the disciples, some of the apostles were there with him. How do we know? Look, rest of the chapter 1. Peter talks about Jesus' baptism again. Jesus' own baptism is prominent in chapter 1. You go home and read the rest of chapter 1. Maybe Jesus is giving them a clue. And maybe disciples are looking back. The time of Jesus' baptism, that he was baptized. He was being baptized. But the posture of Jesus during his own baptism was he was praying. Don't dismiss that. As sinless God-man, he doesn't have any reason to pray, if you will. But he was praying. Heaven was opened, and Holy Spirit descended upon him. Spirit baptism. So maybe the disciples were thinking, you know what? Jesus said, we will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Oh, we remember how Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit when we heard the voice. What was our Master, our Lord, doing at the time? He was humbly praying. So maybe that's something that we should be doing as we wait upon the fulfillment of God's promise, as we wait upon the Holy Spirit. They are looking back at Jesus' account and they are looking forward to that promise to be fulfilled in them. So the pattern for the church is Christ. Jesus' baptism was his coronation, his confirmation, and his empowerment. Jesus is the pattern for his apostles, and the apostles are the pattern for the church. What Jesus is saying is, what I went through, you will go through, and what you will go through, the next generation church will go through. So our pattern. The church's pattern is not so much the apostles and their success in the book of Acts, but it is Jesus Christ, our prophet, priest, and king. So what that tells me is that Jesus is identifying with his church, and what Jesus is saying is, my church, my body, Church of Jesus Christ, as we go through basically the same thing that Jesus went through, that he identifies with the church. Oftentimes when you read book of Acts, sometimes we get depressed because they are so successful. We look at that and say, what about us? Look at Peter, look at Paul, look at them. They preach the gospel with power and and evangelism, and the church growing. And sometimes we get discouraged by looking at that. But as I was thinking about what the apostles are going through, is what Jesus went through, and what church 
we'll go through is what Jesus already went through, then there is kind of a identification between what Christ went through and what church will go through. All the suffering and the glory that will follow. I was thinking then, the conclusion is, Jesus will help me. We don't pray to the apostles. And we look at the book of Acts, as we have seen last week, Jesus said, I will come back to you. In the form of Holy Spirit. So the book of Acts really is church of Jesus Christ mimicking or replicating in a smaller sense what Christ went through and Jesus promised that we will do the greater things than what he did. So what is the church of Jesus Christ, our posture, as we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit in His power and direction and in His wisdom to be witnesses to the world or into the world. I dare say, just as Christ prayed during the baptism, just as they prayed with one accord, with one mind in the upper room, therein lies great secret and success for the church of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine after the ascension, 11 11 apostles running away? Can you imagine that? I could imagine that as a real possibility. Our natural state is to fear without faith. I could hear someone saying in that group, you know what? We tried. We followed Jesus for three years. We have given up all that we had. Our lives, livelihoods, and our family members, everything. We left everything behind. It's about time. Jesus says to wait, but for what? When? I mean, if Holy Spirit comes, what's going to happen? We don't know. There's no future in Jerusalem. Only the death awaits. My family is waiting for me. My son, my daughter, my wife. They are all waiting for me in Galilee. I'm done with this. I've tried. Jesus failed. And three years is enough. I'm going home. I I could imagine someone saying that. But by the grace of God, that didn't happen. They came back. All of them came back. All of them went into the upper room. All of them, without fighting, without dissension, without disagreeing with each other, They all, with one accord, with one mind, praying, thinking about their master by the Jordan River. How he was baptized. How the Holy Spirit came. How they heard the voice. How with power he went out to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And as they were just waiting, praying, that is why if you read book of Acts and 1, we often, when we think about the church, we go, go to Acts 2. Go home and read from chapter 1. I believe there's a great continuity between chapter 1 and chapter 2. It's not Peter in chapter 2 standing up with other 11, now Matthias coming in, preaching the gospel to the Jerusalem and people coming to Christ. The same wise, decisive Peter will stand in chapter 1 
speaking to his brethren why they have to choose another apostle from the time of Jesus' baptism to his ascension. And they cast Lot and Matthias will come in to that apostleship. Only conclusion is that the Holy Spirit was already working in their hearts and minds. And as they were doing what they've been doing every day, and do you know how long they've been doing prayer together in that upper room? About 10 days, really. It was not three years, and it was not 10 years. Jesus showed himself for 40 days, and from the, the last meal, the Passover, Passover the Pentecost is about 50 days. So that gives us about 10 days. So as they were daily praying and doing all, the, all of that, chapter 2 is that simply Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, came. Their Pentecost was not a special event they set up. Let's everybody gather together because it's Pentecost and let's seek Holy Spirit. Maybe this is the day that Holy Spirit will come out, come and, and will be changed. No. They were basically faithfully doing what they've been doing. I think that's the, that's the power of the church. We do not set up a special event to seek special grace, special miraculous event to happen. Brothers and sisters, remain faithful to what Christ has called you to do. And as Jesus promised, last week we have sinned. Whatever you ask in my name, this will I do. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. May God continue to build his church through you, through all of you, as you remain faithful to his calling, but especially the context calls for a concentrated prayer. And may God expand his kingdom then through that empowered church. We want Christ's church to succeed. What do you see in RPC? I want RPC to go forth in power to be his witnesses. And it will not take simply me. It will take all of you in with one accord Ask anything in Christ's name. He said he will do it for his glory. And let us do that as a church. Let's pray.